0: What's going on, everybody? I'm Christian Palma, and you're now tuned in to the official launch of Off the Cuff, where conversations lead to inspiration. Today, I'm joined by a special guest. He's a financial advisor, entrepreneur, the founder, and CEO of Dean Financial, a wealth management firm for millennials and tech. He's also an agile professor, inspiring and motivating students to invest in their future self. Without further ado, here's Off the Cuff with Samuel Dean. An idea developed from?
1: I knew that I wanted to start a business. I didn't know what type of business it was going to be. Um, and so I'm like, hey, if I know I am going to be a business and I don't necessarily have that background, I'm going to go in and get an MBA. And so while I was in business school, I started working in finance. Um, and I, before I actually took a position, I interviewed at so many different places. And the one thing that stood out to me was that Every one of the larger financial institutions that I interviewed at, they all had the same culture. Mm -hmm. They were all serving the same people—wealthy baby boomers, right? Mm -hmm. I had nothing in common with my colleagues. I had nothing in common with the people that we were serving, Um, and they weren't. They weren't. It was. It was very sales oriented. Like they weren't doing things in the best interests of the people that they were supposed to be serving. And so, when I kind of noticed the holes and the flaws in most of their business models, and you know, at the time my fiance was working in in tech, she was she was just getting her feet wet in tech and going through a boot camp as a UX designer and and doing different projects and things like that. I really noticed um, an uh, a, an opportunity in tech. But through the lens of wealth management, if that makes sense. So a lot of um, tech companies offer equity compensation to their clients. And I this is an industry where there are more financial advisors that are over the age of 70 than under the age of 30. Right. And so every room that I would walk into, I would be more than likely 99 percent, 99 percent of the time, the only black person in the room and the youngest person in the room. Wow. And so for me, you know, I just didn't really like how the culture was in the bigger industries and at that moment I found out about something called the CFP. Mm-hmm. Essentially, just to put things into perspective for you, um, out of there's about 300,000 financial advisors in America. Out of those 300,000, um, 25% of those have this designation called the CFP. Out of that 25% of Of individuals that have the CFP, less than three percent of those people are Black and Latino. Mm -hmm. So essentially, less than Mm -hmm. one percent probably of the three hundred thousand advisors have this designation, and this is a designation that's looked at as like the cream of the crop. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? When it when it as it pertains to the financial services industry, and I realized that if I were to be able to get this designation and use my role in the industry now to just really get skin in the game and learn and 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 take time to perfect my craft I can then take my experience and my knowledge and do things the way I saw best fit and that's really just uh where it stemmed from you know I didn't like the culture I didn't like you know I didn't have a lot of in common with the people we were working with and you know I just essentially used um the role I wasn't be honest with you, like I wasn't meeting any of my sales goals, but that's because that wasn't my goal. My goal was to be there and learn. So I knew that my time was limited. Mm. And in that time, I was just really focused on, on leveraging relationships and perfecting my craft so that when I do step out on my own, that, you know, I would, I would be in a, in a, in a better position. So that was that essentially when I took the role, it was already part of the plan for me to like go out and and do something on my own.
0: Got it. So that was pretty much a stepping stone for you to just get everything that you wanted to get from exactly. it. Exactly. And utilize that to your overall plan of exactly. becoming an entrepreneur. Right. You're the owner and founder of Dean Financial. Mm-hmm. And you're going into these rooms, but yet there's still people that may not look like you. Mm-hmm. How how important it is for you to share your story for those that don't look like you?
1: Yeah, it's extremely important, man. Um, I, it, it took me a long time to realize that no matter how introverted or, or shy that I can be, um... It's my responsibility to be visible and to share my story because who knows who can who it can inspire, right? Like there's no if you want to become a doctor, you know you have to go to college, go to med school, become a doctor. Same thing with a lawyer, very similar with a CPA. But there's no educational track in place for people who want to be financial advisors that don't want to be in that sales oriented type of role or company and so for me it's important for me to kind of again be visible and to let other people that look like me know that yes you can be here yes you deserve to be here you don't need someone to give you a handout to say hey you know you could you know come aboard with us you know if you if you're disciplined and you have a plan behind it you know you can do exactly what I did and start my own start your own firm if that's something that you're into Um, It just sucks that the larger firms that have the capital are so focused on sales instead of developing, you know, younger talent through internships and those sorts of things and and giving them the tools that they need to be successful. I think a lot of people just kind of look at this industry and they're like, "Eh, I don't I don't think I want to do this. Like prime example, when I was interviewing, it's very common for the compensation structure in the industry to be commissions. Right. And for me, in my mind, I was basically like, why would I work for commissions when I could just start my own business and essentially be paid? Not the same way, but the, the theory is the same, right? You only get commissions when you get a client. I would only get paid if I got a client. So why not start you know, my 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 own firm?
0: And so that was kind of just the mindset around it. Wow. And then, I mean, Dean Financial has been getting tons and tons of Press right, good press. (laughs) A little um, bit, you know, and because I mean, I I I try to keep myself like the pulse of just understanding financials, and I've seen, you know, of course, I follow you on your social media platforms, and I have a strong connection to you, so Mm -hmm. I'm aware of the publications that are out there that you have the opportunity to showcase your story and obviously your projects coming up. Yeah, Um, with all these publications. I know you've been in the HuffPost, CNBC, Forbes, and so on and so forth. When you're speaking to some of these reporters, what's one thing that you wish they asked you more about? I think for for me, I would love
1: if reporters would kind of ask me more about um, why I chose to build the business I chose. I think it's, you know, it's, it's somewhat unique that yes, I have a wealth management firm, but I work exclusively with millennials in, in the tech industry. And so there are reasons for that. That's done purposefully. And it would be nice to have you know reporters ask me, you know why did I make certain decisions and what's the vision behind it and so on and so forth. But at the end of the day, when that's making it about me, right? At the end of the day, when these reporters are putting out their stories, the, the benefit is for the mass audience, right? So they're putting out stories that can affect millions of people. And the reason why I chose the only focus with millennials in tech is probably not a good thing, or well, at least beneficial for them to pr- promote. Um,
0: so I think it's just a matter of aligning the interests. Well, tell me about that. You know, tell me why the, the direction you wanted to take for your business was solely all millennials in tech.
1: Again, I just I I think relativity plays a big role when whenever you're starting a business, relativity plays a big role, um, especially service-based business. Relativity plays a big role in you know how you connect with your with your customers and whether they take your advice or not, and, and those sorts of things. And so I'm obviously a millennial, and I wanted to work with my generation. I think there's a lot of advice out there that's like you need to be maxing out your 401k, you need to be saving for retirement, you need to do this and do that. And it's very general, sometimes outdated information. And so for me, it was important to work with a demographic that where I understand them wanting to go on a vacation versus killing themselves to pay a student loan debt. And I want them to know that I understand and that we kind of see eye to eye. And that if I'm giving them advice, saying that that's a bad idea, whether I do or don't, that they know that, okay, well, he at least understands where I'm coming from because, you know, he wants to probably go on vacation also versus this 60, 70 year old advisor saying not to do this because he's old and grumpy. You know what I mean? So I just (laughs) I just think that there's um, an alignment there, Um, specifically in tech. Like I said, it, it was really my fiance just being involved in that world and obviously us doing our research on the, 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 a good demographic that we could focus on out the gate. Um, it, it was always about being a specialist, right? Um, instead of being a generalist, there's so many financial advisors that are out there. We were, I was looking for ways to differentiate myself from everyone else. And so for me being able to say that, Hey, I'm a specialist In equity compensation. I'm a specialist in tax planning. I'm a specialist in qualified small business stock and and things like that, which are things that millennials in tech are heavily involved with. It kind of, you know, if if you're if you're a millennial in tech and you're talking to a friend of yours and you're like or a colleague and they're like, hey man, I'm looking for a financial advisor. And you're like, oh yeah, I have one. You should go check them out. They may or may not go. Right. But if you're saying, hey, I have a financial advisor, they work exclusively with millennials in tech. Mm -hmm. You being in tech, it might it might set off an alarm like, oh, I never even I didn't didn't even know advisors only worked with just a specific group of people. Right. That's that's somewhat uncommon. Right. So for me, um, that was my part, at least an aspect of my competitive uh, edge into why I wanted to be a specialist instead of being a generalist. And what are some like kind of the financial rules that you live by? Oh man, that I live by, I give both myself and my fiance an allowance.
0: Really? <laughs> yeah. Nice.
1: Yeah. So whenever you know, whenever you know that direct deposit hits, we have an automatic transfer that goes. So we have a joint account where all our direct deposit hits. And we have individual accounts to where we get automatic transfers whenever we get paid a, a, a fixed amount, mm-hmm. and that's how much we have to spend until we get paid again. Wow. Um, and that's for me. I, that, that's the best way for me to do it. So
0: I mean, that's a yeah. blessing, man. Yeah. <laughs> Good to be in your house, though. Oh, <laughs> Might <real. laughs> to come visit y'all one time. Um, and then um, in regards to like kind of just being on the topic of finances, right? Um, what are some of the financial platforms that we sh- like as millennials now should be tapping into or even looking out for?
1: Man, I, I really think the biggest thing is just getting a grip of your cash flow. Like mm-hmm. right? so many people want to invest and in, there's nothing wrong with that, but you have to earn the rights to invest, right? You, it's, it's like. Someone coming up to you saying, "Hey, I want to build a house. Let's go get the supplies for the roof." That doesn't make any sense, right? You build a house from the basement up, right? So it's the same thing with with personal finance and building your foundation. You, it's it will be detrimental to your future to focus on investing if you don't if you're spending more than you're earning, right? If you have credit card debt that's outstanding, right? If you have things that are more of a priority, those things should be taken care of first before investing. And so I would say that to kind of get started, you know, you want to be, you, know, you want to be very secure with your budget. You want to be, you want to know that you're, you're um, keeping most of, of what you earn um, before you can kind of dive into that investing world.
0: You know, and then one of the things I mentioned in regards to the introduction, introduction was that you're an adjunct professor now, Yeah, right? yeah. What are some of the things that you're currently teaching you hope that your students take away?
1: Uh, so it's really unique and I'm really thankful for the uh, just the opportunity to to be doing this um, because the group of students that I'm that I am and I'm t- teaching this personal finance course to is they're, they're all disadvantaged. They're all from a disadvantaged background. Right. So they're from you know places that we're from. Um, and. Out of the 24 students, I would say maybe like 40% of them want to at some point start their own businesses, whether it's in real estate or in finance. Or I have one student that wants to go to the military, then come out and start his own like security firm or something like that. And these students are all graduating with no student loan debt. Wow. So for wow. me to be powerful, super powerful, Jeez. no student loan debt. Why? And they're, they're graduating from Baruch. Okay. Right. So. Which
0: is a really good. Which is a really good school. Good school, right? right? Yeah.
1: Um, so for me to be able to give them the tools and the resources that are needed to be successful in their life um, and them not having certain things hold them down like student loan debt when they graduate, I am so confident that I will be able to, I'm I'm contributing to their, uh, to the shift of their family trajectory. Right. Um, again, a lot of them are from disadvantaged backgrounds and their parents more than likely look to them as their retirement plan. Right. So, Again, just being able to and they all love the class like they all come with questions like last week I came into the class and I'm like, all right, guys, um, I'm going to I'm going to give you guys a verbal quiz. If you get all the questions right, I won't give you an actual quiz. But if you get even one question wrong next week, I'm going to give you a quiz. But it's going to be short answer. I asked them questions and it was it was the actual quiz that I was asking them questions but verbally and they got them all right. And wow. I'm just like, man, these kids are really studying this stuff. They're really studying this stuff. And nice. so it just goes to show that, you know, if you provide the resources and you provide the tools, the people that want it will use it. And I'm just so thankful that, you know, I was tapped to to fill that role and to, you know, change these kids' lives. There's, there's tons of advisors I talked to today, and they're like, I'm I'm like, you know, why'd you choose to become a financial advisor? And they're like, Back in high school, I took this class and we had this guy come teach us about personal finances. And I've been hooked ever since. Wow! It would be cool if, you know, I can have that sort of impact. And if not that, just have an impact to help them, you know, achieve the things that they want to achieve. And so um, that was definitely, I didn't think I would feel this way about the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's something that, um, that, that brings me a lot of fulfillment.
0: So I was on your Twitter the other day um, and I came across this. And it was actually not finance related, which was (laughs) was really intriguing. But it goes like this. It says, overheard my mom on the phone with my grandma saying coming to America and affording to provide for a family was a dream she never thought was possible. Yet, here we are. Go get the life you want. Tell me more about that. Yeah.
1: I even get teary-eyed just thinking about it. But... Um, two days ago, had like two or three days ago, I was I overheard like you just said, you know, my mom talking to my grandma, and they were really speaking about me and you know how my mom is so proud of me. First, it doesn't take much to make my mom proud of me. Let's just, <laughs> let's, just, let's, just, let's, just let's just say that it takes way more to make my dad proud. But um, you know, she was just really basically saying you know she's willing to help me and support me um emotionally and in whichever way that she needs to in order for me to kind of be where i want and um it just made me reflect like and 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 so in the conversation with my my grandma she was basically saying that you know coming here wasn't even something that she thought was possible um i mentioned earlier like my my dad didn't graduate college didn't even go to college and i'm not even 100 percent sure if he graduated high school i don't i don't i don't know um he lived in like more so like the countryside. So I'm not even sure how much education was really emphasized right. in his household. It was more so about like surviving, right? Mm. And same with my mom, where she didn't have any money growing up. You know, she's one of eight. She would tell me stories of her having to make, bake the goods just mm. so that she can get money for transportation to go to school, how. Her and her seven brothers and sisters would share one plate of food and just kind of sit around wow. that and like pass the spoon to each other and eat off that. Um there are times where they didn't have any light, where my mom would be studying for her nurse exam with a candle, like in mm-hmm. a dark room and a candle trying to read what the what the book was saying. And you know, that I, I feel that, you know, that 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 hit me here because I see all the hard work that they put in and I feel her when she says, you know, I, that was some coming here wasn't even something I thought was, was possible, let alone coming here and achieving the things that we've we've achieved, especially in the, the short time frame. You know, mm-hmm. um, and so I look at that as if my parents could do it with no assistance from their parents, with no assistance from family, just kind of coming here and doing what needed to be done with a kid in a strange country. Not knowing much about like college and, and those sorts of things, and still preparing me to be where I am today—it's it's monumental. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, if they could do it and get here, um, then it's 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 my responsibility, you know, to kind of progress our family even that next level. So, I'm grateful for everything that they've done, and I'm even more grateful for them being open to and supporting what I'm doing because they understand that. It's, it's my version of what they did in mm-hmm. terms of following their dreams to provide for their families and, and, and serve the people that they want to serve and so forth. And so um, that really, you know, it, it touched me.
0: So if there's millennials in tech right now tuning in for the first time um, and seeing for you, for, for example, seeing Dean Financial for the first time, mm-hmm. didn't even know it existed, but yes, it's here. Right? right. What would you say to them? Um, how do they support you and how do they stay up to date? Or even sometimes how to become a client, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, sign
1: up for my newsletter. <laughs> um, yeah, all jokes aside, you know, if you're a millennial in tech, and you know you 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 feel like you've reached a point where, and I hate saying you've reached a point because I feel like having financial advice and financial guidance is important no matter what stage of life you're in, but if you you know reached a point where you you've come to the idea that you need help with your finances, or maybe you just want to make sure you don't make any mistakes. It may not be you need help. It may be, you know, I, this is what I have and I want to make sure I don't blow it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you definitely feel free to sign up to my newsletter. It's a weekly newsletter we send out every Wednesday where I include um, a blog post that's 99% of the time related to equity. Um, the entire newsletter is, is strictly based off of, on uh, equity compensation, the world of startups and tech, and um really just other things that apply to you as a person that will help you to be successful whether it's you know how to build better habits how to make habits stick how to understand what your money story is right like your perspective on money which is based on your childhood and all those sorts of things so um I spend a lot of time just really just making sure that there's a lot of value there and and so yeah I think that If you're a millennial in tech, you will definitely find that newsletter um, very uh, valuable.
0: Absolutely. And where can we find this newsletter?
1: Yeah, you can find it on my website at deanfinancial.com. So it's my last name, D-E-A-N-E, financial.com. Head over to the blog section and you can subscribe with just your name and email address.
0: And yeah, you're good to go. There it is. And there you have it. I'm Christian Palmer, and this was Off the Cuff with Samuel Dean, where conversations lead to inspiration. Thank you all for tuning in until next time.